Welcome to Wisdom and the Word Podcast, the show that not only answers your questions from God's Word, but equips believers with the foundational truths for their faith. We're excited that you've taken time to join us and hope that today's content is valuable to you. In today's episode, Pastor Wiley continues his study through the book of Hebrews. Welcome to Tune Up Tuesday. This is Pastor Wiley dealing with our thoughts from the book of Hebrews as we continue to study here at Wisdom and the Word. And so uh, as we look today, we're in Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to begin reading in verse 32, and we're going to read down through verse number 39. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse number 32. Uh, The Bible says, But call to remembrance the former days in which, after ye were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of afflictions, partly whilst ye were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while she became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise." For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who are who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. As we look at this particular section of Scripture, again, on the heels of one of the most difficult passages to interpret, uh, Hebrews 10, where he gives this very stern warning about apostasy. The first warning is given in Hebrews 6. Now we have another serious warning here in Hebrews chapter number 10, as he warns us about the matter of, of falling away, of willfully sinning after we receive the knowledge of the truth. And now as we come to verses 32 to 39, he's going to give words of encouragement. In chapter 6, when the uh, when the writer helps us understand what's going on in chapter 6, he gives us a, a, warning of, a warning of admonition. He admonishes us and gives us a very stern warning, but he also follows it up in chapter 6 with an encouraging uh, time or uh, a means of uh, just kind of uh, calling them to greater service, encouragement. Uh, he does that in chapter six. He does that again here in chapter 10. And so there's a, a little bit of a mirroring of the pattern of the way that the writer likes to deal with some of these stern warnings. Now, as we said last week, one of the most difficult parts of being able to discern what's going on in some of these passages is trying to determine whether we're talking to saved or unsaved people. Uh, and again, there are some here that would say we're dealing with unsaved people. Some say we're saved. Some say we can't know. And I said last week in our podcast, it was difficult for us to uh, discern whether or not we're talking to saved or unsaved. But I think that verses 32 to 39 actually clarify the fact that he is talking to saved people. The warning of these verses, while not relating to our salvation or the loss of our salvation, uh, deals with the warning of, of returning back to uh, the way the old covenant leaving Christ and going back to the old way of Judaism. Um, And so there's a great warning here in this passage on that as well. And I think verses 32 to 39 clarify because of the way that he writes this encouragement that we're dealing with saved people. Now, I've entitled this particular section of scripture, Don't Draw Back. We find that particular phrase in both verse 38 and 39, where he says, but if any man draw back, and then again in verse 39, but we are not of them who draw back. 
back. And that is really the the admonition here of these verses in twofold. He gives us two, and we're going to break it down to two main sections. But the whole thought here is don't draw back. Don't be one of these people that draws back. But again, press forward and press on serving the Lord, serving the Lord as you know you ought to serve him. Let's begin here in this particular passage today. And the first section I want you to see is found in verses 32, 33, and 34. And that is a call to remembrance of conflict. A call to remembrance of conflict. You'll notice it in verses 32, 33, and 34 that he's going to now remind them of the conflict that they went through after they were initially saved and trusted Christ as Savior. This time there was great persecution uh, in the church, especially to those that believed the gospel or turned from Judaism, not only from their Judaistic brethren, but also from those that didn't believe that Christianity Christians um, that Christians were which should be allowed to worship as they were, or that Christians were being troublemakers, and so there was a lot of um, a lot of difficulty and adversity that was being faced by those that had claimed to know Christ. And so let's begin here in verse thirty-two to thirty-four. There are some things that he calls them to remember here uh, as far as their conflict. And again, a call to remembrance of conflict. Let's begin in verse 32. But call to remembrance the former days. And again, he's looking back now on the things that had happened to them, in which after ye were illuminated, ye endured a great fight of afflictions. Now, it's very clear. The concept of illuminated here, uh, again, is the concept of enlightening, uh, the concept of of kind of uh, the door being open. we believe this is a reference to salvation, to the moment of the fact of the time when they trusted Christ as their Savior, illuminated by the Holy Spirit of God. And what he says, he endured a great fight of afflictions. That is, there was a lot of things that came upon them as a result of their faith. Now, when people talk about afflictions today, uh, they often talk about them in reference to physical adversity or uh, health problems. But these people faced real and genuine adversity. You know, health problems and, and physical problems, they come as a part of age. They are a natural part of the aging process. But when we look here at this particular text, it seems that these people suffered what many American Christians don't suffer, and that is they suffered for the cause of Christ. You'll notice some things that he mentions um, and four things that I see that he mentions specifically that uh, draws their remembrance to in regard to these afflictions and this conflict. Notice verse 33, partly whilst you were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions. So the first thing that we see was is a public spectacle. He reminds them that they were made a public spectacle. When he says gazing stock, that's the thought here. The thought is that that we, we talk about a laughing stock today where, you know, people look at someone and they laugh at them. A gazing stock would have been a group of people who were set up solely for the purpose of being able to be seen, put on display. And that seems to be what's happening. When they were going through these afflictions, they were made a public spectacle. The Bible says both by reproaches and afflictions. So their reproach and their afflictions were made public. Uh, Everyone knew about them. This was not kept in private. This was not a private battle that they went through. Uh, Everyone was aware. And so their suffering for Christ included this matter of being being put on display in front of everybody, uh, perhaps even made fun of, scoffed at uh, by everyone who was around. They made them a public spectacle. The second thing we see about them that the writer lists is that they had they had a partnered suffering. They partnered suffering. Notice he says in in uh, verse 33, partly while she were made a gazing stock, both by reproaches and afflictions, and partly while she became companions of them, 
that were so used. That is, so you partnered with people who were also suffering for the cause of Christ. And he says, you became companions of them that were so used. That is, they reached out and they, in, in Christian community, in the church there, what they did is they they communed together. They, they tied themselves together. They cared for one another. The mutual care and concern as they were going through it, they comforted one another. They went through difficulty. They went through adversity. And as they went through that difficulty and that adversity together, they, they they form bonds and they form relationships. And so they partnered with those that were suffering. So sometimes it may, may not have been their own suffering, some of it was the fact that they were partnering with people and companions of people that were being used in this way or had become gazing stocks of other people. So they were made a public spectacle. They partnered in suffering. And then notice uh, the third thing that he mentions is they gave prisoners sympathy. You'll notice what he says in verse 34, for ye had compassion of me and my bonds. Okay. And so what he's talking about is those that were imprisoned for these things, those that were in chains as a result of their, their testimony as a result of their faith. Uh, he says to them, you were made a public spectacle. You partnered with those that were in suffering. You gave prisoners sympathy uh, as he does. He says, you, 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 you had compassion of me. And the writer says of me and my bonds, of the things that I had and, and other prisoners as well who were identified uh, in, in that. And then lastly, they, they suffered property seizure. You'll notice at the end of verse number 34, what he says, he says, knowing in yourselves, he says, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. And so these people were experiencing four different things, according to this text. They were made public spectacles. They partnered with other people in suffering. They were they gave prisoners sympathy, and they had their property seized as a result of their faith. And the Bible says here in these verses that the reason why they suffered it and the reason the way that they took it was joyfully, joyfully. When their things were captured and taken away, they suffered those reproaches joyfully. Notice their, their theory, the thought in their mind, the reason why they could do it joyfully. Notice it says, knowing in yourselves that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. That is, we are laying up treasures in heaven. Our treasures are not here. We don't belong here. We're pilgrims here. We're sojourners here. This is not our home. And so in the thought in their mind was, was looking ahead to heaven to a better place, to a place that God had prepared for them. And so very important for us to see that they had this, 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 these four things that were happening. So in verses 32 to 34, he, he calls them to remembrance of their conflict. And, and this is kind of to let them know, this is what you went through. This is what God brought you through. There's no reason to leave and abandon. God has already brought you through some 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 horrible things for the glory of God. You've already experienced uh, some, some difficult things. And it really can't get much more difficult than this. Then in verses 35 to 39, we see the scene shift from what is past to what is present and future. And so in verses 35 to 39, he gives a call to renewal of confidence. So the first section is a call to remembrance of conflict. Now he's going to give a call to renewal of confidence as a result of these things. That is, as a result of the things that you've already faced and the fact that God has brought you through them, there should be a renewed confidence and a renewed spirit of, of, of perseverance in, this, in the face of all of these things. Notice he begins... 
in verse 35, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, okay, which hath great recompense of reward. He says, there is a great payment. Recompense deals with payment. There's a great payment. So there are some things that he, he kind of calls them to, or he points out here in this section. The first thing is the payment of reward. We see that in verse number 35, which hath great recompense of reward. That is the things that you are suffering are not what now and in the past are not without future reward. The things that you're going through now, they have a purpose and a plan. And ultimately there's a payment involved in it. God is going to reward you for the difficulties that you are going through. God is going to reward you through for the, the problems that you have faced and the persecution. So be confident because there is a, a promise. There is a, a recompense or a payment coming, a payment of reward. We all need to remember that, right? When we suffer for the cause of Christ, when we press on, we need to remember that the God that brought us through is the same, then is the same God that will bring us through now. And not only that, but that as we suffer, that there is a, a reward that God is going to reward our faithfulness and God is going to reward our diligence and God is going to reward as we continue to serve. And so keep serving because we don't serve for others. We serve with others. We serve for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that needs to be our constant thought. So we see payment of reward. But you'll notice in verse 36, he talks about the patience to receive, the patience to receive. He says in verse 36, for ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. And so he's telling us here, now this concept of patience is you know, not just sitting back and waiting. It's patience is, is working. It's laboring. Um, it deals with the concept of, of having endurance. Um, when he says you have need of patience, it is uh, remembering that this is not a, a race that's a sprint. It's a marathon. It's going to take many, many years. In fact, in the next chapter, he's going to uh, detail for us how many men and women who ran for God and how they had to have patience to, to allow God to have his way and be obedient to him. You'll notice what he frames this. He says, for you need of have need of patience after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise that is living this life and living the life for the Lord suffering, difficulty, pain, affliction for the cause of Christ is the will of God. That is, it is part of God's plan. Yea, and all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. People are going to suffer persecution. They're going to go through difficulty if they stand in this world for Christ. That is part of God's revealed will for us as we go through it, not because he wants it to happen, but because as we live godly lives, righteous lives, moral lives, it's the natural outworking. It's the natural outflow. And he says here in these verses, you might receive the promise. You might receive the promise. When we talk about receiving the promise, he's talking about the things mentioned in verse 35, that reward. You're looking ahead to it. There's a great reward that's coming. And so you need this patience to be able to receive it. That is, keep going. Keep pressing on. Don't, don't stop. Uh, patience has the thought of continuing to do what you know is right. Continuing in this verse to do the will of God, to do what the Lord has told you to do. And all of us need this encouragement from time to time uh, to keep on keeping on, to keep on pressing on, to not draw back, to keep moving forward, 
to keep doing for Christ what we should know we should do for Christ, to do the will of God. And remember that the reward is not here. The reward is coming one day. That's why we need that patience. That's why we need that endurance. Then you'll notice in the verse number 37, he goes from patience to receive to the promise of return. And there's a parallel here in these last few verses between Hebrews 10, 37 to 39 and Habakkuk chapter two, verses two to four, Habakkuk two, two to four. Uh, And again, we won't spend time going there, but I would encourage you in your Bible, uh, there's a quote, there's some quotations here from Habakkuk two that kind of make some parallels here, which I think are fitting and important. And he changes some things around here to kind of make it fit his his group or uh, his readers as he's writing here. But you'll notice the promise of return in verse number 37. He says, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. That is, Jesus is the coming one, and he's referring to the coming of Christ. He's referring to the Messiah, the one that will come. Now, he came already. We know he came once, but we're waiting for him to come again. And that's what he's referring to here. Uh, In fact, it's the same thing he refers to earlier on in the chapter when he says, so much the more as ye see the day approaching in verse number 25. The day approaching and he that shall come will come. Same concept here in Hebrews chapter number 10. And that he will not tarry. That is, God is coming exactly. Exactly at the right time, exactly at the right moment. His his plan has not been thwarted. He knows exactly what's going on in the world. He knows exactly where you are and knows exactly what's going on in your life. And he knows what's going on in my life. And when he has determined his return, he's coming. Let's just keep running the race. Keep running the race. Keep moving forward. And so we see the promise of return. And then lastly, in verses 38 and 39, we see perseverance until redemption. Perseverance. The the call here is to persevere, to keep going, pressing on. Don't draw back. You can see it throughout the whole section. Then in verses 38 and 39, you'll notice, now the just shall live by faith. How are we to live? And again, this is the parallel with Habakkuk chapter number two. But uh, again, when you look here, how are we to live? How are we to operate? How are we to walk? We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. How are we to live? We don't live by sight. We live by faith. We live We live looking towards the promise. We live looking towards the reward. We live looking towards Christ. That's the goal, the thought here. This is what God wants for us and wants for your life and mine, looking towards. And he says, but if any man draw back, he says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Again, a quote from the book of Habakkuk, God doesn't want us drawing back. He wants us moving forward. He does not want us shrinking back. He does not want us pulling away from our responsibilities. He wants us uh, constantly and continuously at it for the glory of God and doing his will. And God has no pleasure in those that draw back. God has no pleasure in those that that go for a while and then they quit or uh, they run so quickly out of the gate that they uh, ultimately have no endurance to them. They have no patience to them. So he says, don't draw back. And then in verse 39, you notice he says, but we are not of them who draw back under perdition. We're not like those people. We are not those that draw back to sin and wickedness. We're not those that that draw back. We are going to press forward in righteousness and press forward for the cause of, of Christ as we live by faith. He says, but of them that believe, he said, what group do we belong to? Here's the group we belong to. But of them that believe to the saving of the soul, we are those that believe and have accepted this new covenant. We are God's and we are Christ's and we belong to him. And as a result, we are called like Christ was called to do the will of God and finish his race. 
And we are called to run this race with patience. And again, he's going to deal with this again in Hebrews chapter number 12, this patience, this endurance. He's going to give us examples of this in Hebrews chapter number 11. And so he's opened up and said, who are we a part of? We're not part of the group that shrinks back. We're part of the group that goes forward, that doesn't draw back. Now, now that he set us up in for chapter number 11, which is God, God's great hall of faith. And what he's done here is he said to us, we are of the group that presses forward. We are of the group. And so he's going to list now a group of people that press forward, a group of people that didn't draw back back. And he's going to provide for us the examples of what real faith is. He's told us in verse 38, we should live by faith. What is faith? Uh, how should we How should we uh, understand faith? And again, faith is not defined here in Hebrews chapter number 11, but it will be discussed in great detail. And we'll get to that, Lord willing, in our next broadcast. And so today we've had a little bit of an encouragement. Don't draw back. And no matter where you're at, no matter what your circumstances are, what's going on, God would have you to continue forward, forward for the cause of Christ, forward for the glory of God, forward doing his will. Don't draw back. Keep keep it. Remember what group you are a part of. Well, we want to thank you for joining us for this Tune Up Tuesday here at Wisdom in the Word. We hope that the rest of your day is blessed wherever you're at and wherever you're listening. We hope you'll join us on Thursday as we get into our Thoughtful Thursday. We'll be answering a listener's question from the Word of God, and uh, we're so excited about the opportunity to be able to do that. Join us. Thank you for joining us today on Wisdom in the Word. Have a great day and God bless. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Wisdom in the Word podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this show on your favorite podcast app and sharing something you've learned on social media. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you next time on Wisdom in the Word.